This is Alive with Joseph. We're looking at restoration and all our prayers in this season will be prophetic prayers and it will be you know, we will also have a couple of prophetic actions. You heard what Masilo said on Wednesday. We took some prophetic actions, which was a signal of what the Lord will be doing in this month. So position your heart as we take this journey on restoration. I opened this up two weeks ago, and I'm just going to move back and start all over so that everyone will be on the same page as I run off because I do not want to leave anybody behind. I want everyone to be carried along on this journey. Now, understand that everything is true until your life changes it. Everything is true until your life changes it. It is true that delay is there. It is true that failure is there. It is true that spirits that control territories can manipulate disfavor upon people. It remains true until you rise by light, until you rise by revelation and change it. In the book of John chapter 1, when Jesus walked this earth, a man named Philip who encountered Jesus, by his encounter, he went to his brother called Nathanael and said to him, I found the Messiah. He is from Nazareth. Now, in verse 47 of that scripture, you will see the response of his brother Nathaniel. The response of his brother Nathaniel, he said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Listen, Nazareth was southwest of the Sea of Galilee. And it was a very small community, probably less than 500 people lived in that community during the time of Jesus. It was located north of Jerusalem, well beyond Samaria. So it was not near any, any place of renown. It being so small and not adjacent to any major city in Israel at that time. It was the last place you will expect anything interesting to happen. To them then, when you call someone in Nazarene in those days, it, it, it's, it's more like referring to them to be rural. You know, when you go to Joburg and you say you're from Polokwani, they just think that we're coming from the jungles. They just think we're from the bushes, you know, and all of those things. Some years ago, I was with a pastor in East London, and I said, you know, I'm in Polokwani. He said, where is that? Is it in Botswana? I said, yes, it's in Botswana. You know, <laughs> so when it's when you say you're from Nazarene, it's they they look at you as being unsophisticated. So Nathaniel's question that can anything good come out of Nazareth was more than a little sarcasm. He assumed that Nazareth was too small and couldn't produce anything of worth. It was too small that nothing good can be able to come out of Nazareth. But listen friends, Jesus came out of Nazareth, changed that story for Nazareth, and Nazareth till tomorrow we're still talking about it. I pray for you. You will change the story in your family in the name of Jesus. I didn't hear your amen. You will change the story in your family in the name of Jesus. I say you will change the story about this city in the name of Jesus. You will change the story about our pro- Province in the name of Jesus. If you believe it, give me two amen. Two. In one of many teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ, he began to teach them in parable in one of the occasions in Matthew, in the book of Matthew. 
Later on, after teaching them in parable, the disciples were a bit confused. They came to him and they said to him in Matthew 13 verse 11, he, and they said to him, after speaking to him, and said, what have you just said? Then he responded and said unto them, because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. It is given for you to know. The word know, they end up K-N-O-W, it doesn't just mean awareness. It is the same word that is used as a man meeting his wife. A man knowing his wife intimately. So Jesus was simply saying to them, you need an encounter with proofs and the only way you can have an encounter with proofs is when you know intimately the word of God. When you come to the place where you have fellowship with the word of God because when humanity fellowship with divinity, divinity pregnants humanity and humanity never remains the same again. So he said, it is given for you to know, that is for you to ascend a certain level, there must be a knowing because the knowing is what births proofs. If you do not come to the place where you know, there can never be the birthing of proofs. And these mysteries are the ordinances that allows the believer to command dominion here on the earth. So the mysteries of the kingdom is what the Lord has made available for believers like you and I to be able to command dominion on the earth. Listen friends, dominion on the earth is not something that can be imparted to you. I cannot lay hands on you and confer dominion on you. Dominion on the earth is the resultant effect of you understanding the mysteries of the kingdom of God. From scriptures, you will understand that every time anybody comes in contact with the full revelation of the mysteries of God, they are able to ascend a level that everyone else will not be able to explain. Because why? when you come in contact with the mysteries of God, it makes you different. When you come in contact with the mysteries of God it distinguishes you when you come in contact with the mysteries of God when others are saying there is a casting down you are able to lift your voice and say there is a lifting up not because you want to say it but by the reason of your encounter your language changes give me two amen again two so he said it is giving for you to know now when you study the bible very well when you also look at the happenings on the planet earth you will discover that that it is possible for you to lose things and sadly losses have come to be part of human existence losses have come to be part of our existence here on the planet earth and in this pandemic many people have lost loved ones many have lost jobs as our beloved sister said to us earlier on many have lost you know businesses they've lost business opportunity many have lost all kinds of things so you will understand that losses are part of human existence from scriptures as well one thing you will also understand is that the concept of losing things is a concept that exists with humans 
The concept of losses is, is, is a concept that only exists with humans. The concept of losses does not exist with God. It only exists with humans. We as humans can lose things. But according to the word of the Lord, according to scriptures, the greatest loss that can happen to anyone is not the loss of things. It is the loss of time. The greatest loss you can ever experience is not the loss of things. It is the loss of time. Why? Because when you lose things, you can get it back. When you lose time, you cannot get it back in the natural. It will require a supernatural happening to cause you to get time back. So, when, when you look at losses, it's a concept that is resident with humans. And that is why every time God talks to you and I about restoration, his emphasis when it comes to restoration is always on the years which you have lost, which is an indication of time, which is indicative of time. Every time God speaks to us about restoration, when the Lord begins to speak to you about restoration, he does doesn't tell you, you will, he will restore money back to you. He doesn't tell you he will restore jobs back to you. He doesn't tell you he will restore business back to you. Why? Because if he restores time back to you, you will have money. If he restores time back to you, you will have a new business. If he restores time back to you, you will have a new job. If he restores time back to you, whatever material thing you may have lost, you will have them back. So what God does is he does not restore car back to you because if he has to restore your broken down 2019 Mercedes-Benz C200, it will be too old when you are already in 2022. So he restores time to you. By the time you get the things back, you get it back in the latest version. Give Jesus praise this morning. I said, give Jesus praise this morning. So every time God speaks about restoration, he always speaks about time, 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 time. In Joel chapter 2, he said, I will restore to you the years, which is an indication of time. The years that the locusts had eaten. Listen, when you, I've prayed for quite a lot of uh, um, sick people in my lifetime as a preacher. And every time you meet a sick person, when you ask them for prayers, I'm yet to ask, I'm yet to see a sick person that will say, please, can you pray for me to have plenty money? When you meet a sick person, they tell you, please pray for me so that I don't die. Even if they have hospital bills piled up, they are not praying for the hospital bills. They are asking for life. They say, please pray for me so that I can leave. Because why? At that moment, the things do not matter. What matter is time. So the greatest need of a dying person is time. Isaiah chapter 38, there was a king called Hezekiah. The Bible said that a prophet called Isaiah came and gave him an announcement of his death. When the prophet left, he didn't ask God for more money. He didn't ask God for more wisdom. He didn't ask God for any material thing, more power. What he asked God for was time. He asked God for time. That means, friends, in life, whatever steals your time is your true enemy. Whatever steals your time is your true enemy.
If you lose money, you can get it back. If you lose your reputation, there are systems to build it back. But when you lose time, it is difficult to get it back. And that is why Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15 to 16, brother Paul speaking, he said, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. The Amplified Classic Edition repeated the same, tra- the same thing. Listen to what he says. He said, look carefully and then how you walk. Live purposefully and worthily and accurately, not as the unwise and witless, but as wise, sensible, intelligent people, making the very most of the time, buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. So when the apostle Paul was describing wisdom in the scripture, when he began to describe wisdom, he said, see that he was circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. The apostle Paul, what he was talking about was simply saying that master every opportunity you can or master everything you can from scriptures that will help you redeem time. That is to say, he's simply saying that by revelation, get to know. Get to know, get to know. He sees wisdom as you having sustaining the ability to get to know everything you need to know so that by that knowledge, by that revelation, by that light, you can be able to redeem time. That is, the absence of revelation of scriptures will make you not to be able to redeem time. When you have a revelation of scriptures, what was stolen from you 10 years ago can be restored back. Why? Because the redeeming of time is a byproduct of the revelation of scriptures. Are you understanding me? Because when you do, you'll be able to redeem time when you have knowledge. That means when you em- 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 employ the mysteries of the kingdom of God, it will give you an advantage over time. And with what the pandemic has done, time has been stolen from humanity. I hope you know that. Time has been stolen from mankind. If you lose time, there may never be a way of getting it back in the natural. But praise be to God. Your heavenly father, who does not live in time, neither is he regulated by time, can help you redeem time. He can help you to restore time. Child of God, understand that your heavenly father does not live in time. Listen to what he did. He created time, stepped out of time, regulates time. Are you here? He created time. This is time. He created time. Came out of it. And manages it. Hezekiah, you will die. Isaiah, go back and tell him. He will live 15 more years. Did God add 15 more years? No. He went to the sundial, pulled it back certain degrees, and it was, it was equated to 15 years. It was equivalent to 15 years. So, he regulates time. 
He regulates time. He doesn't live in time. Not, he doesn't live in time. And also, can I shock you again? Your heavenly father does not live in eternity. Why? Eternity is still time. But it is time. Thank you, Pastor Malaka. It is still, it is time without end. So he doesn't live in anything that looks like time. Be it eternity, be it normal time. He does not live in them because eternity is still time. It is time without end. We worship a God whose realm, the Bible says, is unapproachable light. That is where he lives. According to 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 15 to 16, your heavenly father's realm is unapproachable light. Listen, he doesn't live in the past. He doesn't live in the present. He doesn't live in the future. <laughs> that is why when you are praying into the future, he is worried. Because if he can do it tomorrow, he might as well do it now. And the writer of Hebrews came and gave us a glimpse. He said, now faith is. It's just that we didn't understand it. What he's simply saying is, the doer of things is now. He said to uh, Moses in Exodus, he said, go and tell Pharaoh, when they ask you who sent me, go and tell him, I am, I am simply means now. Let's give Jesus praise. Please, let's give Jesus praise. So listen to this. The concept of time, the concept of distance is not a reality that exists in the realms of God. It is an occurrence that God borrowed mankind. It is an occurrence God borrowed humanity to be able to assist humanity in catching up with him. So time doesn't exist with God. Distance doesn't exist with God. That is why he's everywhere, every time, all the time. He is here, he's in New York City, he's in you, he's in me. He's in Australia, he's in New Zealand, he's in Ghana, he's in Zimbabwe, he's in Botswana, he's in Swaziland, he's in Mozambique, he's in Polokwane, he's in Johannesburg. All at once at the same time. Why? Because he has no distance and he has no time. Give Jesus your highest praise this morning. In Genesis 1, 1, the Bible says, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That means God doesn't live in heaven. Who told you God lives in heaven? They lie. Doesn't live in heaven. How do you live in what you created? So where was he when he was creating heavens? I don't know. He didn't tell us where he was. Timothy, Paul, in his letter to Timothy, gave us a little idea. He said, unapproachable light. That was all he said. He doesn't live in heaven. Heaven was created for you and I. He doesn't live in heaven. Wherever he was when he created heaven and earth, he's still there. And he will remain there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Celebrate your heavenly father, please. So he was not in heaven, he was not on earth when he created them. 
You cannot create what you're inside. So in this season, let's begin to walk our way back to restoration. Having a true understanding of who our God is. As we explore the mysteries of restoration. Let's understand that it's it's on the strength of the mysteries of restoration that the apostle Paul in Romans chapter 8 verse 28 was able to stand and declare, for we know. He said, and we know. How does a man speak like that? That means he tapped into something that others didn't tap into. He said, and we know. That, that, that was too, uh, that was too, he was, he was too confident. And we know how many things, how many things, if he had said some things, I would have understood. But he said, for we know all things, the good, the bad, and the ugly, all things, the pain, the losses, and the increase, all things, they work together for Good to those who love God, to those who are the called. He called you out of darkness into marvelous light. He called you. He called whom he called. He foreknew. He called you. So Paul was referring to you here. If you believe you are the called, give Jesus praise this morning. And I want you to declare, I am called. Declare, say, I am called. It was on the basis of the strength of these mysteries. Understand, friends, all things do not just work together because you're a believer. There's a system of advantage that you have regardless of what happens on this planet Earth. That by this system of advantage heaven has given to you, you have been programmed to make sure it has been programmed whereby all things has to work together for your good if you explore those systems. So, friends, when you are complaining about the pandemic, God is not paying attention to your complaints. Because to him, it doesn't make any difference what you have lost and what you still have. Why? You may say, Pastor, those realities do not apply to him. Because it is in his power to reconstruct anything as though it never happened. Go ask Naaman. Naaman appeared with his body eating up with leprosy. Got deep in the pool seven times. When he came out, the Bible recorded that his skin was like that of a newborn baby. That was a construction back to how it was before. Listen, there is no cream you use on the planet Earth that will return your body like a, that of a newborn baby. No matter how expensive your cream is. It does not have that capacity. You can go to all the section, section, sections and all of the face lift, leg lift. All the lift lifts. They don't, they do not have the capacity to return you back to like that of a newborn baby. But friends, when God restores, yeah, 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 yeah. When he restores, he brings it back to the original and makes it better. I prophesy over you as your amen will come like thunder. Receive restoration in the name of Jesus. I didn't hear that amen. Receive restoration in the name of Jesus. Be restored in the name of Jesus. Give me two amen. Two. So friends, Fix your eyes on him. Do not let your temporal challenges insult the character of God. So when God says to you, he is God 
understand he is God. He's not a man that he should lie. He's not a man that he should lie. He is God. He's not a man that you should lie. Understand that God is not a man. He is not a man. He only became a man, but he's not a man. Hey, when you say God is a man, you know what you're simply saying? You're simply saying you have to submit. That means he has to submit to the one who created him. But nobody created him. Nobody created him. So he can't submit to anyone. As a result, he is not a man. He does not owe anybody worship. We all owe him worship. Are you understanding me? But God became, listen, but you say, but pastor, you know, Jesus is the man who is seated. Yes, it is God becoming a man in the person of Jesus Christ. Meaning, friends, it was an inconvenience for Jesus, for God to become a man. And do you know why he did that? It was a complete demonstration of his love for you and I. So when we say God is not a man, understand that he's not a man. Because Jesus becoming a man was to reveal the extent of God's love towards you and I. And when you understand this, you will completely trust him. Because you know he cannot shift nor waver. Why? Shifting and wavering are all characters of humans. God cannot shift. Brother James puts it this way. James chapter 1 verse 17. James 1 17. God is not a man. Because he's not a man, he is stable. <laughs> God does not have emotional challenges. No, 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 no. He is not challenged emotionally. Where the day he feels good, oh, my nunu. No, he is stable. Pandemic, stable. No pandemic, stable. Trouble on the earth, stable. Absence of trouble on the earth, stable. You cry, he's stable. You laugh, he's stable. You rejoice, he's stable. You are in pain, he's stable. He does not shift like a shadow. That is why if he tells you he will restore you, you better believe he will restore you. Because he will not change his mind concerning restoring you. He does not shift. He said, every good and perfect gift, friends, if it's not good, it's not from God. I don't care your theology. I don't care. I, do, I don't care your theology. If it is not good, if it is not perfect, it's not God. The only gift he gives is good and perfect. Are you ready to receive your own? Receive it in the name of Jesus. He does not change. Hey, changes are relatable to humans, not to God. God cannot change. He will not change. He's not thinking of changing. That is why the Bible calls him ancient of days. That is why the Bible says he is the same yesterday. You enter into today, he's the same. You go into tomorrow, he's still the same. He's the same. He doesn't change. He doesn't change. Changing is not in his character. He doesn't change. Even mountains can move. When there's an earthquake, earthquake, it will shake a mountain. But when there's an earthquake, God remains stable. Gidigba. 
stable. Stable. He's stable. So pandemic is not shaking him. <laughs> and they that know their God, they shall be strong and they will do exploit. Another scripture now says, they that know their God, they shall as the mountain surround Jerusalem. So is the almighty God around those who know him. Your glory days are here in the name of Jesus. Let me hear your loudest amen. Your glory days are here in the name of Jesus. Whatever has contended with you before now, I command on this mountain, let it fall off in the name of Jesus. Be restored in the name of Jesus. Be restored in the name of Jesus. That business, be restored in the name of Jesus. That career, be restored in the name of Jesus. Shout restore three times. Two three give jesus your restoration praise let's travel a little bit do i still have time yes i do my wife said i do so i do let's travel a little bit let's look at the story of joseph in the bible from his movement from his father's house in pursuit of destiny And the story of Joseph is a clear-cut story about destiny. How a person can transition from humble beginnings of their father's house, journey through the challenges of life, navigating their way through prophecies, and finally coming to the place of prophecy fulfillment. And that is why when you look at Joseph's story, you will understand the dynamics of destiny. That is, there is a spiritual roadmap God has given to us through the life of Joseph. That when you study and understand and follow it, you are guaranteed to and you are guaranteed to emerge a champion, regardless of what you may face in your journey here on the planet Earth. Let's pick up the story, verse one to three, Genesis fourteen, and it came to pass after these things. That the butcher and the baker of the king of Egypt offended their lord. The king of Egypt and Pharaoh was angry with these two officers, the chief butler and the chief baker. So he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the prison, the place where Joseph was confined. From this scripture, you come to realize that sometimes there is a place in destiny... Where the path of the just and the unjust will cross. There is a place in destiny that doesn't necessarily depend on the accuracy of things, of the things you have done, but it depends completely on the mercy of God. When you study the story of Joseph, you will notice that the just man, Joseph, was thrown into the same prison with two unjust people. From this story, you can see that the just was not exempted from prison, even though they were just. Just like the pandemic. The believer was not exempted from the pandemic. Even though we are believers. He was a just man. The prison became a meeting point of both the just and the unjust. A meeting point of both the man with character and the ones without character. 
It became a meeting point of both those who are pursuing destiny and those who are not serious with life. The prison became a very strange meeting point. The question is, why will a just man and the unjust find themselves in the same situation? Just like the pandemic, as I mentioned earlier, where the believers and the non-believers have found themselves in the same situations. In this pandemic, some pastors have died. Some believers have died. Churches have shut down. Some believers have lost their jobs. Probably you're even here, you've lost your job. You've had a pay cut. Business opportunities gone. A meeting point is a strange meeting point between the just and the unjust. But destiny allows it. Why? Destiny allows the meeting point. Joseph was a man who feared God. Actually, do you know that the reason Joseph was thrown in prison was because he feared God. He walked in integrity. That's why he was thrown in prison. He refused to lay with Potiphar's wife. He didn't do anything. He didn't steal. He, didn't do anything. he refused to lay with Potiphar's wife and he was thrown in prison for fearing God. You will have thought that this just man should never have found himself in that prison. You will have thought, why didn't God fight for him? You will have thought, why didn't God defend him? He was just. He was thrown in prison because he feared God. You will have thought, just like the case of Job. Why didn't God arise and scatter all his enemies? And God allowed it to continue. God allowed it to continue. Please follow me. The truth of this scripture is, or rather the truth of this scripture will help you and I come to the place where we are able to understand the whole season that we are in. The truth in this scripture will help you understand the reason why you were thrown a curveball and it looked like God had abandoned you. This scripture will also help you edit certain things you think you know about God. Isn't it interesting? In Luke chapter 1 verse 28, go there. Angel, a, an innocent girl on her own didn't ask for it. A virgin. And an angel appeared, Gabriel, and said to this innocent girl, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And after the angel's statement, the problem of Mary began. So that means, in the eyes of God, everything that followed Mary after that statement was considered favor. Understand what Mary was like. She lived in a patriarchal society 
where number one, women were already degraded. They were seen as second class citizens considered as properties owned by men. And if you're lucky to be owned by one man, you're favored. And she has just been luckily picked. Actually, the Bible says she was betrothed. So she was not, she was picked against her will. So other ladies envied her. You're getting married. Did you see the stone? So they envied her. But in the midst of all of this, after an angel met her, boom, her stomach, she became pregnant. Mary, who got you pregnant? There was an angel that came after talking, I have big stomach. Come on, get off it. Who got you pregnant? Explain to us. Who is the man? Is he Joseph? Say, no, 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 it's not Joseph. It's Holy Ghost. Holy what? Remember? They were still in the old covenant, so the word Holy Ghost never existed. Are you understanding me tonight, this morning? <laughs> so that means in the eyes of God, everything that followed Mary was considered favor. Friends, could it be that what you are presently going through is actually not what you think? That in the eyes of God and in the eyes of the host of heaven, what you are going through is classified as favor. Why? Because of the reward coming. And the reward coming is only meant for those who go through what you go through. Could it be? Could it be? Could it be? Could it be that the challenges that the pandemic has thrown you has a reward? That when heaven looks at you, they say highly favored. But you are saying, how can I be highly favored when everybody is talking about me? How can I be highly favored that when I walk past, people mock me, people laugh at me, people call me names. But listen friends, the names they call you does not change the agenda of God consigning your life. The names they call you does not cancel out the purposes of the almighty God that is hanging over your head. Let them call you name, who cares? You're highly favored. Look at your neighbor, point to them and tell them you're highly favored. You're highly favored. You're broke, highly favored. You didn't go to school, highly favored. People like you never amount to anything. How dare anybody say you can't amount to anything when the Almighty God did not say that? I'm highly favored. Can I say I'm highly favored? Can I say I'm highly favored? Blessed are you amongst women. Blessed are you. There are some times in life, listen to this as we pray. There are some times in life you are invited into a certain level. Not because you qualify for it in the natural. It is simply because those who are invited into such level are those who have gone through what you have gone through. <laughs> ah, you are invited into that level because those who enter that level are those who have gone through what you have gone through. There is a purpose to pay. 
I said there is a purpose to pain. I said there is a purpose to pain. That by the things you have gone through, you have earned the right to ascend that level. That is why when you ascend that level, no devil can stop you. When you ascend that level, no witch, listen, no witch, no witch can stop you. Because why? The level you have ascended was not by your natural doings. It was by the price you paid by the things you went through. The Bible said that when Jesus saw the glory, he endured the cross. By what Jesus went through, he was given a name that is above every other name. That the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, tongue should confess that he is Lord. If he had not gone through that, he wouldn't have earned the right to be at that level. So could it be your battles has a testimony somewhere that the day will come whereby someone will be needed and the requirement will be someone who went through the pain of rejection you will not discover that those years of rejection has not been wasted actually it was positioning you whereby you are the one exclusively needed understand friends there is a value to pain. There is a value to pain. And I pray that you receive spiritual intelligence in this season to begin to edit the happenings and situations around you so that you do not call what has come to you to bless you as being distasteful. That you do not call Your challenges has been distasteful. I shared a story with you. Last month, we moved the house. Cheaper than where we were. And we thought this was a good place. Okay, we can at least stay here. Then in the morning, one morning, as I finished running and I came back, I saw my wife looking dejected. I said, what happened? Is it the gym? What happened? I said, no. One man came here and said, he is the owner of the house. We must leave in one month, at the end of the month. As the owner of the house. But in my spirit, I had peace. Sustaining the intelligence to edit what is happening around you. That God will not have allowed us to be put to shame. He will not allow us to be put to shame. So what is God up to? I said, let's call the agents. Not a problem. We're not going to fight. Relax. If the worst comes to us, the church is big enough. <laughs> I sleep in auditorium. Zoe sleeps in my office. The church is big enough, so it's not a problem. Called the agent, the agent said, who is that? All the stories I went to. And later called me back and said, um, Reverend, I'm sorry, but I have another place for you. Are you available by 11 a.m. to go and see? I said, yes, I'm available. I think they were expecting me to be all angry and all. 
You see, there's a level God has brought me to now. That I know nothing just happens to me. In my level of relationship with him, there are certain things that doesn't just happen. I says I'm available. They took me. Number one, the complex was better than the present place where we were. We arrive in the place. Yeah? Is this the place? They said yes. The man said to me, nobody will move you from here. I said, amen. We enter the place. Swimming pool. Eh, swimming pool. A boy from the ghetto, swimming pool. Ah, I felt like jumping in. But I knew I would drown if I jump in. you guys hold on hold on how much is it because listen i think in terms of budget that's what i think <laughs> how much is it because let's not go too far they say no do, do you like the place that is a question yes the same price with what you used to have before the place was better was better 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 and it i now began to thank god for the man showing up <laughs> Oh, Father, may such men show up in your life that will push you into your testimony in the name of Jesus. May they show up and push you into a glorious testimony in the name of Jesus. Give Jesus praise this morning. We knew it was racist. April, we knew it, it has racism in it. How do I know? The man said the house was sold. But as we checked last week, the, ma- the house is on listing for rent. But listen. I could have gotten angry. Racism, racism, racism. But friends, when you sustain the intelligence to edit situations around you, when certain things happen to you, you will cool down first and understand, God, what are you saying? And I pray for you as we take this seven days journey. You will experience change in the name of Jesus. Rise on your feet. You will experience change in the name of Jesus. Thank you so much for listening. We believe you were blessed by the word. For more, please visit our website, www.alivewithjoseph.com as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel, Alive with Joseph Ngococha. Till next time, God.